What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Cheshire Board Podcast. My name is Stephen Wright, joined by Mr. William Monroe. Will, how you doing? Steve, doing well. Coming off of uh, one of my best weeks of the season here in fantasy. A nice six and one, and, and unfortunately, just one uh, big play from DK Metcalf away from possibly being seven and oh. Yeah, that uh, that sunk us pretty quickly, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we were obviously hoping for just you know, a mediocre game, but one catch, what eighty some yards and a touchdown. One play ended the and ended the week for I, us. Honestly, but we only even, only lost by four. Surprisingly, yeah, I didn't even look at the rest of his stat line. Was that like it for him? Uh, yeah, he, I don't think he had yeah, much. He, more he than went that, two for ninety six. <laughs> so it was oh the one my play. God. Literally uh, that one. Play. So yeah, the dream came true. It just yeah, one play. Uh, yeah, that hurts. Yeah, four points. So it's a close loss, but you know, with the way that this league is structured, divisional losses are important, and we're five and two with a three and two divisional record. Yeah, uh, that bumped us from first to third. Um, yeah, still got a game up on fourth. I'm not super concerned about them because they were going to start selling no. here soon. So. And we do have the tiebreaker again, currently against the top team there. So because it's head-to-head and divisional records, it's a little different than just your usual points for a league. Yeah, we should be fine. I mean, we got a, there's a 150-point scoring difference between the two of us, too. So yeah, not super concerned about that. Plus, it was a bye week for us for uh, a bunch of people. So Yeah, we did have quite a few people hitting the buys there. So that is okay. Um, but we look forward to week eight. We got uh, some start sit questions for everybody here. Are you ready to go through them? Yeah, this first one has just been burning in me. I've been wanting to answer this one so bad for so long. Now. Yeah, this uh, this blew you away. So you should look at the the doc. Um, it's a a fun one for the the listeners. It's a, a little bit cringeworthy. I don't know how you end up in this situation. Um, but uh, Joe Flacco versus the Bengals, assuming he is the starter, um, or Davis Mills versus the Rams. Will, you could go first. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> oh, wow. You're so generous. Um, yeah, this one is not fun. I, I don't know how how you really want to play fantasy football if this is a decision. Um, you know, we were talking earlier. I'm, I'm hoping that this team just – there's no QBs on, on waivers, and you have maybe Lamar Jackson and uh, and um, David uh, – Der- or sorry, Derek Carr. Maybe you have both of those. and just so happens you get the two guys on by this week, so you have to decide between these you two. could have Russ, too. You know, uh, your starters could be Lamar yeah, and Russ, and Carl was your true. third in the Superflex. I, that's possible. Yeah, could could be. Um, we don't have contacts whether this is a QB1 or Superflex start, but, you know, if it is a Superflex start, you may have better options at receiver or running back um, than these guys. But if we're just looking at these two and we're deciding here, um, I think it's got to be Flacco for me, surprisingly. Mills has been playing for a while, but Tyrod Taylor is expected to be practicing tomorrow. So I think even if Mills is the starter, the leash is probably a lot shorter on him than uh, than someone like Flacco, who's stepping in and you know, is familiar with the playbook overall. Um, it's a new coaching staff in New York, but he's familiar with the players. I think he was their quarterback either last year or the year before. So I, I think he you know has a longer leash. He's going to get the whole game. Got better, you know, skill players around him. I think. Um, obviously, Brandon Cooks probably the best skill player on both of those teams. But you still have Jameson Crowder, who's reliable. Corey Davis, who's you know 
shown that he can still do it this year when given the opportunity. And a couple of young guys with Elijah Moore and, and the running backs there. So I just like the overall weapons with, with Flacco. And and the Bengals D is good, but the Rams D is better. I yeah, don't want to try to figure out Mills against the Rams. So I will take Flacco in this one. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, if you're in this situation, you know, it's just whatever guy might get you 20 points and I think that's Flacco. Davis Mills has done it yeah. once. I mean, he had a really good game against New England. That's impressive. Um, yeah. So he's certainly capable, I guess. Um, but I, I really don't want to have him play up against uh, the Rams and you know their front line and it, Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> like it's just it's terrifying. Yeah. Like he, it's not. Yeah. Good. He's gonna get eaten alive, I would imagine. And you know, three points last week, six points a week. He had that thirty week. Um, he also had a negative four the week before. Like, I just know Flacco will probably get you 15, 20 points, and hopefully that's good enough. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'll stick with Flacco. All right. Next uh, QB here Sam Darnold at the Falcons. Car- Carson Wentz at home for the Titans. Flacco, not Flacco. Wow. Um, Darnold. Huh. Um, it's an interesting matchup for him, but he's just been trending in the wrong direction. And I don't know if I want to try to catch the falling knife. I mean, it, it seems like the week to do it, but it just hasn't been good. And meanwhile, you know, Wentz, as much as we, you know, joked about him and, you know, the uh, the interception last week, um, from a yeah. fantasy perspective, he's been pretty consistent. You know, he, he tends to get yeah. you over 20 points every week. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, the Titans are hot right now, so maybe that would be a, a higher scoring game potentially. Um, so I will stick with Wentz. It's just, I have more confidence there than I do in Darnold right now. Yeah, and I think this is, as we talked about yesterday, kind of a must-win game. Tennessee, uh, you know, is, is up, I think, two games on them in the division. So. They don't have the tiebreaker. They've already lost to Tennessee. So I think you really need to win this game if you're Indianapolis. Um, and obviously, another divisional matchup on the other side. But I, I just think that there's a little more juice going in Indy in Indianapolis right now. Whereas, as you mentioned, Sam Darnold is working in the wrong direction. Hopefully, he can get right. But you know, maybe that doesn't happen until they get McCaffrey back and run the ball a ton and, and he can kind of work back into that play action game uh, where the defenses just really have to respect CMC. So it's going to be pretty easily Carson Wentz for me here. Cool. And that's, uh, that's all we got for quarterbacks here today. We're moving over to the running back position. Um, starting with the standard scoring, we're picking two people here. We got Antonio Gibson at Denver, uh, Cleo Herbert at the reverse San Francisco and Dearness Johnson versus the Steelers. Yeah, all these guys have, um, I'd say, average to poor matchups. You know, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Denver, all all solid defenses, if not, you know, plus defenses. So definitely don't, not really ones you want to play, but in it, you know, when they're all similar, um, you know, I'm not going to use any of those as like a main tiebreaker. So for me, it's, it's pretty easy if Chubb's back, it's Gibson and Herbert. If Chubb's not back, um, I'm still starting Herbert, but you could make the case for Dearness Johnson, especially in a non-PPR, um, as the guy who's going to get the bulk. Uh, I, I, you know, I guess if even if Chubb's back, you could make the case for Dearness Johnson getting some carries, but I'm still going to take Gibson's upside there just because he's going to get majority of the snaps. Um, you see it any different? No, I, I see it the, the exact same. I can't. 
I can't go with, you know, everything looks good for, uh, for Chubb so far, you know, there's a lot of week left. So I, I can't see something going wrong. Maybe they do ease him in and it's like a 50, 50 split, but even if Chubb's out, you know, Pittsburgh, one of the better defenses against the running back, like I just, nah, pass. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I'll take Gibson and Herbert here. Yeah. And it's, uh, they all play Sunday. So you'll, you'll know that ahead of time. Yep. Absolutely. Um, it's pretty easy one. Next one here, Will. Uh, half point PPR. Uh, we have Booker at Kansas City or Gaskin at Buffalo. Yeah, I think the matchup would lend toward Kansas City. That's the, the Monday night game. Um, but I lean Gaskin, especially with the news that Malcolm Brown is going to be going on IR, not going to be active. I think you're going to be able to get, you know, really the lion's share of the work. I know he was probably getting majority of them, but. Malcolm Brown's kind of earned that reputation of a veteran back that's going to get some carries. Even in a, a tough matchup against Buffalo, he you know, is able to get passing down work as well. So I'm going to go with Gaskin here in this matchup. How about you? I, I'm i on the opposite end. I, I do I do think it's interesting, though. I never really considered the pass catching part for Gaskin. Um, I just look at the matchup and think this isn't going to end well. Um but that could be a good thing from thing for him from the, the pass catching standpoint. But I think I'll stick with Booker here. Um, that matchup we talked about the waiver show could be very interesting, um, just given how the Kansas City defense has been playing. So I will uh, stick with Booker there. All right, and our last running back, a full PPR: Michael Carter versus the Bengals. Alex Collins versus the Jaguars. Uh, this one is surprisingly easy for me. I think it might be surprising. I don't know, but I'm going with Carter. Uh, you know, Bengals defense, pretty good. Uh, you know, not the best, not the worst. They're kind of in the middle somewhere. Um, but they're solid. But, you know, if they're going to be rolling out of Joe Flacco or whoever else the, the quarterback is, I should know the name he played, but I don't know. Um, I, White? Mike White? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think so. Um they, I, I would assume, are going to be relying on the run game, and that's a that's a few different people. You know, this isn't like just Dalvin Cook getting ninety percent of the touches. Uh, you know, it's going to be a few different people, but I imagine there'll be enough for for Carter to have a good day. Meanwhile, Collins could be great, but you know, I just don't trust the situation there. You know, Collins this week, you know, somebody else next week. You know, they they're spraying the ball around to everybody but DJ Dallas. So I, I just yeah. I'm less trusting of the situation. So I'll stick with Carter. Yeah, I'll go with Carter as well. I think the game script probably works for both of them, right? You imagine Seattle goes up on the Jags, but maybe not, right? So then maybe that one's a little more neutral. Whereas we're imagining that the Bengals are going to be up. And Michael Carter has proven to be a receiving back. Um, I know he you know, could do both in college, but he you know let last game eight catches on nine targets. I don't know that we're going to expect that. Um, but he's had three targets in every game this year, except for week one, he's had two targets. So you know, getting a couple of catches, you know, he's going to have the opportunity after the bye week eight of nine. So maybe he, you know, really can step it up, but double digit carries in four or five weeks here. I just think that he's really starting to take a, a you know, grasp of that starting role. Um, they definitely have some solid backup options there, but I think he's the one that they want to get involved in. He can definitely catch the ball out of the backfield. So PPR, I think Michael Carter makes the most sense. Perfect. Moving over to a wide receivers, uh, another standard scoring 
Uh, Brandon Cooks versus the Rams or Amari Cooper at Minnesota. Yeah. Cooper coming off the bye and then Cooks coming off of probably his worst game of the year. I think he only had like 20 some yards, a couple catches. Um, it's surprising to see him, you know, play so poorly, even, you know, in a you know, matchup where he, you know, he's typically getting the volume at a great team. But yeah, don't love the matchup here going up against the Rams and, and Jalen Ramsey. Um, and, you know, we talked about Davis Mills. You're still starting Cooks in, in certain weeks, even though you're not, not going to touch Mills. This is one that I probably, if I have a better option, I'd want to look the other way uh, because of the defense that you're going to get the Rams there. So uh, I, I like the potential shootout of Minnesota and Dallas. So I'll take Cooper here. I think there could be a lot of points scored in that game. I think we talked about it yesterday, and I think Cooper's the uh, the play here for me. Yeah, I agree. I think this has the making of a really nasty game for the Texans. Um, you know, if Cooks gets Ramsey the entire time, that's that's going to be rough. Um, it, you know, and you mentioned you know his last week being bad, um, but it's actually two of his past three have been pretty bad. Um, the week prior, he he was like ninety yards or something, but before that, um, he had another game where he had I think twenty yards and a couple catches or something Oof. to that degree. So yeah, and the. The Cooks we had in the beginning of the season hasn't been around for the past four weeks now outside of that one game. So yeah. that is concerning. Um, but uh, that Glad aside. I just traded for him. I know, for real. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, that aside, uh, you know, even if he was doing, you know, average or, or good, the situation is just scary. Meanwhile, like you said, Dallas is coming off a bye, should be pretty prepared. You trust that offense more. Uh, the game could be more interesting, so I'm sticking with Cooper. Right. And then we're picking two here in a standard scoring. C.D. Lamb at Minnesota. Godwin at New Orleans. McLaurin at Denver. Deontay Johnson at Cleveland. Some solid options here. Yeah, um, yeah. Very solid options. Um, I think the first one that I'm locking in is going to be probably Lamb. I, for all the, the reasons we just laid out for Cooper, really. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I won't rehash the conversation. Everything about Cooper applies to Lamb. Um, the, the last of the three is really difficult, but I think I'm going with Deontay Johnson. He's just been so consistent all year. You know, every game he plays, I think he missed the one week or whatever, but um, every week he's been really good. Um, you know, nothing against Godwin and McLaurin. You know, McLaurin's been solid. You know, so is Godwin. Um you know, we, we've talked about the Tampa offense before. You know, Godwin's probably the better upside play. If you know, maybe he gets three touchdowns at 100 yards or something, um, <clears throat> or you know, maybe it's you know a week for somebody else to shine or something to that degree. So I'm going with Lamb and Deontay, but I really don't think you go wrong picking any of these options. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and all of these guys seem like good flex plays as well if needed. But I think I lean McLaurin. Um, if if you you know want to take your shot on some upside i don't mind going with godwin because you could have um the top corner for new orleans likely sticking mike evans i can't remember his name steve a lot of more who was shut down mike evans before yeah he is like the mike evans kryptonite um so so we're probably going to see that again so and if we don't have you know gronk and or antonio brown coming back you could be in for a big Godwin game. You know, I think Brady said, oh, yeah, he could get a couple of touchdowns this week, and they all went to Mike Evans last week. Maybe this is the week. Um, so I think there is something we said about taking a shot with Godwin. McLaurin, I think you just know you're going to get the volume there. He's clearly the top receiver on that team. 
Uh, I like Deontay as well, but that Cleveland defense, I think, you know, it's better than people give credit for. They were able to shut down Denver last week and really allowed the, you know, starterless offense for the most part of Cleveland to dominate that game. So I'm going to go with McLaurin and Lamb, but Godwin is is a very close second. And if you really want to go, you're just kind of glory, pure upside with you have a chance for multiple touchdowns. I like the idea of maybe taking Lamb and Godwin. Okay, and our last uh, a wide receiver one, half point PPR. Again, we're picking two. Uh, we have Jalen Waddle at Buffalo, Chase Claypool at Cleveland, and Devonta Smith at Detroit. Yeah, I think they're all solid options. I think, I think Claypool I put in first, and it's funny, right? Because I talked down on Devin Johnson, but I mean, you're you're going against three elite options there. Whereas you got two rookies here that I like both of them, but. Claypool, you know, without Juju there, you are going to get just, you know, really three guys getting targets. Maybe the tight ends can get involved, but it's Claypool, it's Deontay, it's, and, and, and it's um, Najee. So with just the right, you know, most of the targets going to the other two, Claypool, I think, has been the guy that they want to go downfield with. He's your red zone threat. So I, I'm going to start Claypool first. Um, and then it comes down to Smith and Waddle. I think it de- depends on who's healthy in the Miami game um, because if it is Waddle is your you know really only healthy option again, you have to go with Waddle. Whereas if you are going to get more guys involved there, I think this is a game where the Eagles' offense uh, can do something. <laughs> we thought that last week, and obviously it came to true at the end there, but still didn't really come to fruition for Smith. So I probably lean Waddle in a vacuum, but. It's close between the two of them. Yeah, I think I do struggle with this one. Um, I, I do like Waddle, and you have to consider everything you you mentioned. I, I just don't like the matchup against Buffalo. Like I really, you know, I'm worried about that game being real bad from for Miami. Um, so I think I take out Waddle for that reason. Claypool, I agree with everything you said. I mean, he did have a, a pretty bad week this week. I like to think that that's just an outlier, though. Um, mm. But it, it is—it's worth noting. Um, but he did have, I think, seven targets, eight targets, something like that. So you know, the, it was there. It just didn't happen for him. So you know, while it, it piqued my interest, it's not enough for me to to go against him. So I'm sticking with Claypool, and then uh, I'll take Smith as well. He gets all the volume, and that hasn't. I mean, I don't want to say it hasn't mattered the past few weeks because he's had some solid weeks, like just fine mm-hmm. weeks. It didn't kill you. He didn't. He didn't win you the week. Um, but it's not. It's not producing those week winning weeks. You know, you like to see ten targets, and you know it really turned into something. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't. So, uh, but like you said, it's Detroit. So if there's a week for that to come together, I think it's this week. So I'll go with Claypool and Smith. Um, I'm just more concerned about that Buffalo matchup. I think. Yeah. All right, moving into the flex options here, we've got PPR Antonio Gibson at Denver, Marvin Jones at Seattle, and Kadarius Tony at Kansas City. This one's pretty easy for me. Um, you know, we're still up in the air on whether or not Tony's going to play. I haven't heard anything. Yeah, that's Monday night too, so it's tough. Yeah, they, they, I'm kind of confident because they did rule him out later in the week. I think they ruled him out Friday last week, so it wasn't something mm-hmm. immediate. And you know, it's a Monday game, so he has extra time, but you're going to get burned if, if you're wrong. So I don't think I could go with Tony. Um, 
Marvin Jones had a good week um, in his last week. So that's nice, but it was kind of the first or first week. I think it's like week one that he's done anything relevant. So I just can't trust him. So I will go with Gibson here. Yeah, I'm going to go Marvin. Um, I think you can't go wrong with Gibson or Marvin. They're both solid options here. But I mean, we, we actually saw Marvin Jones get, you know, he gets a ton of targets, nine, 11, eight, the first three weeks, then three, six, and then 10 uh, going into the bye. And his first three weeks were actually pretty solid. PPR scoring 19, 18, 12, and then five and four. A lot of people kind of forgot about him and then came back to life last week, 23, or two weeks ago, 23, before the bye. Seattle's defense is not very good. This could be a game where it's, you know, fairly close. Jacksonville stays in it. Um, So I think Marvin Jones, I'm going to take my shot there with him, especially with, you know, no Chark for sure. And then they just ruled him out. I think they all kind of assumed he was going for the year, but... He's officially rolled out for the year, so it's really just Marvin and uh, and Chenault. Yeah, and it's worth noting um, they're coming off the bye, which, you know, from a game planning standpoint, that's obvious. But it's also, you know, bye week's a good thing for a rookie quarterback. You know, maybe this impl- improves, you know, Lawrence's uh, play a little bit, and that's going to help everybody on the team, right? So I hey, can't overlook that, but... Uh, Moving along, our last start sick question here. PPR will uh, we got four options here: Devonte Williams, Javante Williams, sorry, versus Washington, Brandon Cooks versus the Rams, Jarvis Landry versus the Steelers, or T. Y. Hilton versus the Titans. Yeah, this is an interesting one. I'm uh, going to rule out Cooks for the reasons that we laid out earlier. Uh, PPR, you know, gets a little bit more of a boost because probably going to get a few catches closer to the line, but. Rule him out. Um, Landry and Hilton, interesting options, but I still just I can't sit Javante Williams waiting for the breakout. He's looked good in, in recent weeks, and it just seems like we're getting closer and closer to him really breaking out. I don't know how you, you got good volume. I think he only had four carries last week, but seven targets, six catches. You know, he's really pacing to get more and more involved in the passing game, and he's you know, four carries last week. But other than that, you know, he's close to double digits, if not double digits the, the entire year. And as we said, that was really a, a weird game against Cleveland last week. So I like this matchup against Washington. Their defense that on paper is great is not. He's got Washington, Dallas, and Philly coming up against the bye, going into the bye week. Um, not elite defenses. You know, I know Dallas has been playing better, but definitely has options here to get rolling so i'm gonna go javante williams yeah i'm with you as well um cooks we're moving for the same reason that you, you mentioned that we talked about before um hilton if he plays i he might be fine i who knows mm-hmm. i'm not gonna roll the dice on him not playing again not playing against houston though so. he's not so that, that's definitely a bad thing um but it, it doesn't <laughs> matter you know regardless he's you know third on the list um landry could be interesting as kind of the the lone survivor there of the starters um but hey, the pittsburgh defense is, is is pretty good and i don't know i just don't trust them meanwhile you, you know javante's been good and, and like you i'm, I'm kind of waiting for that breakout now despite the fact that we just traded for melvin gordon in dynasty league um yeah. so if if javante wants to just hold off for a while i'd be fine with that but um <laughs> it, it seems like his kind of week so i'm gonna stick with uh javante there all right. Um, so move over here to our trade questions. Um, first dynasty trade here, 10 teams, super flex. 
Kyle Pitts or T. Higgins in a 22 first? This is uh this is an interesting one. Um, I don't I don't want to be too biased about Pitts having two good weeks because he hasn't done much the rest of the year. Um, but again, it is dynasty. You got to think long term here. Um, I think to me, it's gotta be pits. Um, in a 10 team league, you, you kind of want a more elite tight end and that's what you're hoping he is going to be. Um, and then, you know, I'm just, it, it's too late in the season to be doing this comparison, but if I'm thinking back to, to rookie drafts where pits was going like 102, 103, yeah. you know, random first and Higgins get me up there. Maybe, um, Maybe not, but you know, especially you know with Chase going and that that really hurt Higgins. So you know, from a draft standpoint, it seems Pitts, and you know, with him, you know, showing something, I think it still leans Pitts. Um, now, with that in mind, you know, Burrow has looked good and he's been good. So you know, maybe long term Higgins is is a really good wide receiver too for the team. But I, I think I got to go with Pitts here. Yeah, it's pits for me as well, especially, you know, and this draft people are not as excited about. So it's 22 first. Uh, we don't know exactly where it is here, but, you know, even if we call it kind of a middle middle pick. Like you said, I don't think, uh, you know, a future first and Higgins would get you the 102, 103 last year where Pitts was ended up being drafted in a lot of leagues. So I think it's definitely pits here for me. I like Higgins and, and, you know, the Burrow argument I think is going to come into play here for our second dynasty trade option. But uh, I, I think Higgins being the number two guy there, it's it's a decent package, but I would want to hold on to Pitts or make that move for Pitts if I could, especially in dynasty. Yeah, and you uh, you alluded to it. Um, it's trade, but it's also just who do you want? Straight up PPR and dynasty, Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson? Two guys I think that are probably top five dynasty wide receivers. You know, they've proven it here, you know, early in their careers. And a lot of times, you know, those younger guys, the youth is, is going to rise to the top. You know, you, you still have your Devontae Adams, Devon Diggs, your Terry Kill, but those guys are a lot older. You have a lot more runway with Jefferson and Chase. I like both of them. I think Chase a little bit more for me. I mean, it's funny because they were teammates. They won the national championship together two years ago. Um, but I, I think Chase, even when they, when they played together, Chase kind of just looked a little more special. Obviously, you're really, you know, trying to split hairs here. But I think a lot of it comes down to the quarterback, right? Burrow's looking to be recovered from that injury. He's going to be able to grow with Chase, a guy that he played with for a while. And, and, you know, Kirk Cousins has looked good this year, but it's still Kirk Cousins, you know, probably not going to be, you know, Jefferson's forever quarterback. So I'll lean Chase, even though, you know, we've seen less from him. We've, you know, seen Jefferson look elite here in a season and change. I'm going to, I'm going to lean Chase. That is my lean too, for all the same reasons. Um, if, if the quarterback situation was even I might lean Jefferson because we've just seen it for longer from Jefferson. You know, we got the large part of the season last year and this year, like Jefferson's a proven guy where, you know, I don't think many people believe it. It's in the realm of possibility that Chase is just hot and he cools off. And, yeah. you know, he, he's on pace for like the best rookie season ever. Yeah. So it's seven weeks is, is a lot to try to dispute to. It's crazy. Yeah, for real. And like, do I think he's going to do that for the rest of his career? No. 
Um, I don't think many people are, but you know, again, he could just be hot and, and you know, maybe he settles back down to a level below Jefferson. Um, yeah, you know, that's possible, but you can't ignore the quarterback situation. Who's Jefferson's quarterback? 35 catches, 750 yards, six touchdowns, seven yeah, games. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, what happens when defenses get more of a playbook on them? You know, you know, yeah. you yeah. have that first year, and then once, you know, they take the offseason study, you things change sometimes. So we'll yeah. see, but you can't ignore the quarterback question. Like Burrow is the long term solution. Mm-hmm. They have the chemistry. Who's Jefferson's quarterback in two years? Because I don't know the answer. I know Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Does he pull a Brett Favre <laughs> and end up in Minnesota? Could be. Like I you imagine. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean Davis Mills. Like, does he get kicked? And then, you know, they got to settle. Like, I, who knows? Yeah. I don't think it's Cousins. And, and that's the, some rookie. Yeah, yeah. That's what's concerning. So, yeah, I'll go with Chase. All right. Uh, next up, redraft 12 team half PPR Joe Burrow or Tyler Lockett? This one in a redraft is tough for me. Like, this, this is a trademark me kind of move. Trade your quarterback and, and get a you know, a wide receiver, but that wide receiver hasn't been doing anything. <laughs> um, you know, when Wilson comes back, which I don't, have you heard anything on Wilson? I think there's like, a, you know, a chance it could be in the next week or two. It could be longer. Like the injury I think was originally what one to two months, like six weeks or something. But like all the words have been that he's, you know, progressing better and better and coming back soon. So I, I don't know. I don't know that we have definitive, you know, one way or the other. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we have Jacksonville this week and then the bye. So feasibly, you know, maybe he comes back for Green Bay in week 10. Yeah, I think that's possible, in which case you're getting Lockett and you're not going to be, he's not going to be super, I mean, he might get, he's got Jacksonville this week. He might be fine. Um, but, you know, maybe average this week, definitely can't use him the next mm-hmm. week. You know, if that was the case and Russell's coming back week, 10, I would go with Lockett and just stream the quarterback or do whatever you want with quarterback. Um, it really depends if you want to roll the dice there. I think I would, and I would take Lockett. Yeah, it's roll the dice. You know your league, right? Is there quarterbacks out there? Is the 12-team league, is everyone rostering two-plus quarterbacks, and you're trading Burrow and you don't have any options, or you're taking a big downgrade? You know, Maybe you don't want to make this trade, but if you are a team that is winning, you're right, you're five and one, four and two, you've got another quarterback option, or there's good streaming options, and you want to buy low on Lockett and see if you can call your shot with Russ coming back sooner rather than later. Yeah, I don't mind that as well. So I think it just kind of depends on where you're at. Um, I probably would take Lockett. You know, I want to be on the receiving Lockett side rather than Burrow side and redraft, but yeah, it's interesting. Our uh, our next one's pretty interesting. Also, a very me type move. A nice two for one PPR. Um, yeah. Patterson and DK Metcalf or Zeke. Yeah, one's tough. Um, I I think I you know I'd almost think that the, you know the this it just doesn't seem to add up. Like it seems like Patterson and DK just has more value. I mean Zeke obviously is an elite level runner. You know, and this is you know just this year you're not looking at you know dynasty so. It's you know you're, you're you don't have to factor as agent as much. Um, it's really do you think Patterson can pace? You know, it doesn't have to be the exact pace of Zeke, but you know, pace slightly behind him <laughs> because you're getting you know a top ten level quarterback or receiver uh, with DK Metcalf, and you know once again if if you know he's going to be decent, but 
if Russ comes back, he could be back to, you know, having that wide receiver one overall potential that he has. So I probably lean DK and, and Patterson. Um, I, I don't know like what scenario Zeke will be better if you just need to win this week, but you know, Patterson's been able to do that as well for you. So I, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I, I think I lean the package side. I do too. And I guess I think the toughness is that, you know, despite Patterson being good, very good and consistent, it's still Patterson and you still just don't trust him, you know? Um, it, it doesn't matter. Um, you're just kind of waiting of being like, okay, eventually the shoe's going to drop and this fantasy is going to come to an end and he'll be back to where he's always been for his whole career. And, you know, Mike Davis takes over or something. Um, but like you said earlier about whoever else would chase, you know, it's been seven weeks. Um, you know, it's, that's long enough. Like it's not two or three weeks at this point. So I'll stick with Patterson, you know, I think, you know, Zeke and Metcalf, that's a good comparison. And, and to pick up a, a running back and, and, you know, maybe running back wide receiver, depending on your, your site usage. Um, I think that's fine. Flexibility. Yeah, exactly. And I've used that to my advantage. That's for sure. So I, yeah. I'll take the package. Yeah. Uh, our last trade question here, PPR, DJ Moore and Brandon Cooks or Devontae Adam? I I think this is an interesting trade. Um, I, I think I would uh, I think I would go with the Devonte Adams side. It seems pretty fair. Um, DJ Moore has come back to earth since his you know his first four weeks were mm-hmm. just amazing. Um, of course, that kind of coincides with the fall of Sam Darnold. <laughs> so you know, part of your opinion of Moore is going to come down to how you think Darnold's going to turn it around or if he can turn it around. Um, and then we talked about Cooks, you know, at length. So I, I think I'd be willing to pair those two together uh, to get an Adams. Again, it's a shame you're going to be you know, missing the week for him, um, given mm-hmm. the COVID situation. And I don't think Green Bay's had their bye yet. Um, don't believe so, Yeah, no. so you're going to lose two weeks um, from him at least. That was also another injury. So that that's a shame. But um, I, I think I'd still take Adams here. Yeah, it probably factors into, like, why you may be able to get this trade done too, right? Because Cooks, as, as we've said, you know, he had a couple nice weeks earlier, you know, and he's getting volume, but just doesn't seem like the difference between Adams and Moore. Like, I like DJ Moore, but Adams is just, you know, he's an elite receiver. He's top three guy, you know, arguably top one with one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Just seems like you'd have to, you know, pay more than, than Cooks for that upgrade. Yeah, I agree. Makes total sense. Yeah, And that's going to be our last uh, trade question there, Will. So that is going to take care of today's episode. All right. Yeah. So thanks for listening for everyone. Uh, Tune in next week for uh, more waivers, more start sits. Uh, Good luck and trust your board.